Hi, my happy enders. How are you guys doing today? Um, so this one's going to be a little bit different because um, I didn't go through and edit all the pauses out. Now, most of the podcast isn't edited at all. Um, the only thing I really do go through is like take out the long pauses, but I didn't have time. We actually had a... Um, a death in the family this week so it's been kind of crazy so I wasn't able to put out the long pauses so this is exactly how the massage sounds um yeah so this is exactly how the it, it sounds um we are still in the basement at the comedy store um we had both microphones on it didn't pop so it actually sounds really good I'm very excited about this one um uh, it's Eddie Firth, who is uh, the producer. He had a lot to do with the historical roast. Um, he's been doing historical roast for a while. He's a comedian. He was from back east, and now he moved here. And so it, I've been wanting him on for a while because he's one of the most dapper comics I've ever seen because he has the lapel pins and everything. And he's bald with a beard, which we all know is my type. So um, it was a really fun interview. I hope you guys enjoy. I was able to use the Care by Design CBD lotion on him. And thank you guys. Thank you, Care by Design. Thank you, Absolute Extract, for giving us that stuff and making it available to the people that I massage because it makes them feel better. So it's not only my hands. It's your product, too. Um, thick and Tasty Pizza, you guys are still with us, and I appreciate it. I can't wait till you guys deliver down to the basement at the Comedy Store. That's going to be super cool. Um, if you guys can, like... Um, subscribe, comment, especially on iTunes. I'm really trying to get that pumped up. Also, um, you can send me an email at joyshappyendings at gmail.com. So, enjoy. All right. Okay, now you get to introduce yourself while I press on you for a second. This is Eddie Firth on the Massage Cast. Okay. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> All right. Do you have any trouble areas? Uh, a thousand. Yeah. My, the left side of my body is pretty messed up across the board. I have a, uh, basically it was like an old torn hamstring that led to a bad hip, mm. bad low back, the usual stuff. Yeah, but it's Weird all shoulder. connected. What? It's all connected. Yeah. So the left side of my, my body is pretty messed up. Okay, does it do anything with the right side though? Because normally when one side, I just had to jerk off my lotion for like an hour right there. Okay, and I'm also putting the Care by Design CBD lotion on you. So that stuff is fucking amazing. Perfect. So even if this is a bad massage, you're still gonna have CBD on you and it's gonna yeah. feel good. It's a trick. I will say that in in moments like this, I I feel I feel almost like somebody who like you're gonna know me in a way most people don't. Like you're gonna find all of those problem areas <laughs> and connect them to all of the emotional issues that I have in my life. <laughs> we all this is from your father. Oh my God! The left side no, the left side is my mom. The right side is my dad. So. Okay, which is weird because in like okay, so mumbo jumbo massage therapy talk mm -hmm. when they taught us there so your body is like a yin and a yang right mm -hmm. and the left side is your testosterone and your right side is your estrogen so normally it would be the opposite 
so I'm a big metaphysics person, and in metaphysics, it I was taught that the right side is the masculine, the left side is the feminine. Oh, that's or like the left side is your your maternal, and the right side is your paternal. Huh? I got uh. big. I so I was a former personal trainer and basketball coach, and like I got a like a, a weekend yoga certification and. I almost did a, a Reiki certification. I got big into into Reiki with my yoga instructor. Okay. So there was one session I had where my right shoulder, I used to have a lot of trouble with my right shoulder, and I attributed it to all the basketball I played because I must have shot, I've shot hundreds of thousands of jump shots on my right arm. Okay. And in the Reiki session, she was like, all right, so what's bothering you today? And I was like, the usual, kind of like this, and... See, like, right now you're on that spot in my left shoulder, and I'm like, you you know something about me that no one else knows. <laughs> well, now like, I don't, because now I'm like, oh, my God, it's not. And you're like, Eddie, why don't you just forgive your mom already? <laughs> right? It's okay. She, I'll make you cookies. It'll be fine. <laughs> they won't be that good. Well, actually, no, I make badass cookies. Fat girl problems right there. So my my... My right shoulder, I was telling her, hey, and I got shoulder issues. And it was essentially one that I was going to need some surgery on eventually. But we had this session, and we start talking about my right shoulder and basketball. and Like, instantly, like, I get choked up, and I, like, I can't speak because I realize I have to say this phrase out loud. Oh, shit. And I say, and I was just, uh, because of where the conversation was, I just, like, I started... Balling, and I just look at my yoga Reiki instructor, and I was like, you know what? No matter how good I was at basketball, my father was never gonna love me more. My shoulder made four big clicks, popped into place, and I've never had trouble with my right shoulder ever again. It was legitimately like it was that metaphysics, address the issue, cope with it. I almost want to tell you to get dressed and be like, go back there because obviously I'm not going to do anything for you. (laughs) You're beyond me. Like, I just rub lotion into people. Except that being said, you've literally hit like the three biggest problem areas on the left side in the first three minutes. Okay. Like all that stuff under my shoulder blade. Uh Uh-huh. All of it into the, the hip area right there. Yeah. Well, it's kind of easy. That glute broke. That glute broke a long time ago. Oh, my butt broke too. It sagged. What happened? I just. I just gave up. Yeah. It was like, you know what? You're gonna have to wear tighter pants to keep me up. And I was like, nah, it's not worth it. Like you can drag. It's okay. Now, how did your glute break? This one is, from what I can tell. So I have like. Like I would, oh, I would hesitate to call myself an athlete at any point in my life. I'm, I'm half Jewish from Connecticut. I was athletic. I played high school ball. I played basketball in, in rec leagues and personal trainer and all. I took taekwondo and competed. But a lot of it is just residual from that. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've gone. You know, I drove to the basket and got knocked over and fell on my left hip. You know, and, and just deactivated the glute or something like that. See, that's sad because when you said drove to the basket, I for a second was like, oh, you you drove. Okay, because yeah. I am not athletic. My niece is a personal trainer, and she charges me $5 to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's a lot of things. She's like, okay, we're going to do this today. And I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> it's not gonna look good. Uh, like when she gets the speed ladder out, I'm like, you just wanna laugh at me. That's all you wanna <laughs> do is laugh at me. Oh, yeah, that one's the worst. Because <sighs> she comes up with these weird ass things and I'm like, dude, this isn't, it's gonna be bad. And she's like, no, it'll be fine. And I'm like, you just, you wanna laugh at me, okay. Or like when we do, like, you lean down and you run backwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have, can't tell you how many times I've fallen on my ass. I'm like, can we not do that much? <laughs> no, you need to warm up. I'm like, yeah, I'm warm. I'll just go have a shot of tequila. I'll be warm. It'll be fine. <laughs> I've definitely played basketball drunk before. I have not worked out drunk, but we have worked out and then went and got drunk. I have exercised drunk or high so many times the, my, the the popular one for me was always if there was a uh, like a late Saturday night of drinking I'd get up Sunday morning to go play Sunday morning basketball at the gym and I could just tell like I woke up and I was like oh yeah I'm still drunk and I would go and you'd be amazed how good your legs feel if you're a little drunk the next morning like my legs are like oh I feel better than ever this morning like, I'm playing great <laughs> yeah, and then you watch a video and you're just like stumbling around. You're like, I'm awesome. <laughs> Luckily, nobody was filming the JCC pickup games. <laughs> that you know of. Yeah, I mean, I wish. If they had those, you, the trash talking alone would be worth it. <laughs> I, was, I was a big trash talker on the court. So you kind of started roast battle before. You, like, you were warming up. I actually had this conversation with somebody the other day that one of my first introductions to roasts was in the movie White Men Can't Jump. Ah. Uh, I don't know if you remember that movie at all. Vaguely. Okay, this is going to sound so weird. The only part I remember is he had a jar of money and he put it up <laughs> on her vagina. That's the only, I don't know why he I know did it. I've seen very well. I've seen that movie more than almost any other movie in my life. You're all, because I can jump. I'm going to do it. I, one of my big dream projects in Hollywood is to make White Men Still Can't Jump, the sequel to White Men Can't Jump. Nice. Um, so yeah, I remember that scene where Billy Hoyle put the, the jar of money on Rosie Perez's hoo-ha. And it was right before that. The movie opens with what's essentially, right, in my, in my elementary school, we call them diss fights or diss battles, but it's a roast battle at the opening scene with uh, Dwayne Wayne, uh, Kadeem Hardison, and somebody else, and they do all the your mama jokes just at each other in the middle of a basketball game. Yeah. But yeah, especially in the 90s, trash talk was huge. It's just because you watched Larry Bird trash talk and Reggie Miller and Michael Jordan and Gary Payton and all these incredible trash talkers on the court. And then White Men Can't Jump opened with them talking trash. And so it was, yeah, it was just a natural part on a Sunday morning to a bunch of other old Jewish guys. Like, yeah, you guys you guys can't get near me. I don't know why you got up this morning. <laughs> I see. Like, are you going to guard me now, or are you just going to let me continue to go to the basket? The only basketball I know of is, um, oh, shit. I can't even think of the movie now. Space Jam. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, there's, there's, what, like four great basketball movies, White Men Can't Jump, Space Jam, the documentary Hoop Dreams and, and probably Hoosiers, and that's kind of your final four of basketball movies, if you will. I feel like I'm missing one. There's a couple others. There's uh, Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio, but that's more about drugs than basketball. <laughs> Don't those go hand in hand? You know, basketball as a sport, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of weed in in the NBA and in basketball, but it's it's a sport that is much tougher to do any of the other drugs. There's a few guys who went down with heroin addictions, but if you're doing too much more of the body, it's because because there's so much running and athleticism in it. It's a really tough one to stay on drugs out over time and still move. Okay. You you notice somebody slows down very quickly. You know. Right, because they're kind of trying to catch the pretty colors. They're like, hold on. Yeah. And it just, you, you be, if you get a step slower in basketball, you can notice it right away. So if your body breaks down at all, if you have an injury or if you're on any kind of drug that messes with the system. You know who actually, you know, had a tough uh, drug issue was Lamar Odom. It was towards the end of his career. I think he'd retired and he was out here in L.A., and he'd face some tough times. He was banging hookers, right? Didn't he? That's when he was one of the Kardashians, the Kardashians, right? Yeah, and he, went and he disappeared a few times with different drug issues. I think he's all right now. But yeah, because he's away from the Kardashians. Yeah. They're like, you have to do something to get us in the newspaper. <laughs> and that's probably the easiest one. He's like, ah, I'll just do drugs. It'll be easier. Yeah. And then one of the other ones married a basketball player, right? Maybe. <laughs> I can genuinely can say other than... I don't know. Well, I don't know. Why are you asking me these tough questions? You it up. I don't know. <laughs> Do you consider basketball half a basketball movie? I, I, I have to say no. I want to say yes, <laughs> but I am a... Uh, like the way that I am a, a stand-up comedy snob, that I feel like stand-up comedy is one is the greatest form of performance. I think basketball is the greatest sport. I, I think the athleticism it takes, the different skills, the fact that it is, in the best of ways, a full team sport. So any kind of permutation of it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 it, it doesn't. Basketball is better. Basketball is better than everything. <laughs> okay. So tell me how you really feel. No. <laughs> of course, that being said, it's completely messed up. My body. And this is just from high school basketball. Like, and I, I was not, it's not going to be a shock. I wasn't the star of the high school team. <laughs> I was the star of garbage time on my high school team. I was, the, I was the only white guy on my basketball team in high school. You were the token white guy. They're like, we have to let one of them on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pick the coolest one that can trash talk. No, Joy, I earned my spot. Oh, I'm I so sorry. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> I, was, I was team captain junior and senior year. He was water boy. I mean, um. <laughs> I started out as a, as, as a manager my freshman year. So you're not wrong. Did you wear the suit? In high school, uh -huh. we were required to wear a shirt and tie every game day. So like if it was if you play on Tuesdays and Fridays, and if we had a game, you had to come to school in a shirt and tie, or else you couldn't play that day. Was that just to help you get pussy? Like here, here's, it's gonna be all of it. <laughs> it did not help me. Uh, <laughs> it was I th it, it was a bunch of reasons. You know, first was like the team camaraderie. We were all we were easily identifiable. Then when you went, if you were going on on a to away, uh, an away game, when you got to the other school, you would look more presentable. It was, and as you know now, like I dress every day, so the life lesson of how you present yourself in those moments, I think, is always important. Yeah, 
We went to two different types of high schools. Where'd you go to school? Where'd you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in Madeira, Fresno. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my junior and senior year, I wore pajama pants mm -hmm. and a wife beater tank top and flip-flops. That, that is not uncommon for where I grew up, too. Oh, and messy bun. I never, ever brushed my hair. I was like, yeah, whatever. Straight A student. I was like, yeah, I don't need to do anything else. And then when I got tits, I really didn't have to do anything else. I was like, oh, they can talk for me. <laughs> they were like mob bosses. They got me into clubs that I didn't even think I needed to get into. They're like, here, in here. high school or after <laughs> high school? High school. My junior year. So from sophomore to junior year, I went from an A to a triple D. Jeez. Yeah. Like, to the point, everybody's like, Joy got a boob job. I'm like, have you met my parents? They won't even buy me a new backpack. <laughs> like, you really think they're going to do that? So, yeah. I can say that it, I, went, I grew up in Connecticut, right outside New York. And I think I knew two people who got breast reduction surgery in high school. I don't understand. That's What's like happening in Connecticut? I don't know. I it's mean, like taking everything shots away. and nothing, to be honest. <laughs> How long, when did you get out of Connecticut then? I legit stayed there until I was about 27 when I moved into the city. Okay. So I grew up 45 minutes from Manhattan. I was always, like my grandparents and my brother lived in New York. I was always in the city. I had one foot in Manhattan. I went and took acting classes there. I did a lot of theater there. But it was a 40-minute train ride, so I still lived in Connecticut up until I was 27 and moved into the city. Okay. Um, then I lived there for two years and moved out to L.A. What brought you to L.A.? Like, you just were I always, ready? You know, in a weird way, I wasn't, I mean, I, would, I didn't have a grand plan when I finally moved here. I always knew I would wind up here. You know, I was in I was in the city doing acting and, and comedy and, and all that kind of stuff. And I I thought to myself I would come out here once I had built a career or met an agent or a manager. Like, like in my head, I was always like, oh, I'll go to L.A. when somebody knows that I'm getting off the plane. You know what I mean? Like I'd either have a meeting or an audition or there'd be something set up. Okay. But ultimately, it was just a... It was much more uh, spur of the moment. It was just where I was in my life, and it, I just needed to pick up and move. My body and my life and my, my heart just said, you need to go to L.A. now. And so just before I turned 30, I was like, I'm just moving. No major plan. I didn't even really save up before I did it. I was just like what I had with me. I, I quit my job. I packed up all my stuff, and I got on a plane. Damn. Were you scared, or were you like, fuck it, I got this shit? I was, uh, there was no fear, because I didn't have a major expectation. I had been getting ready, I was, I was pursuing my career, but almost in a, in a half-assed way, and it was just sort of like, all right, it's time to put up or shut up. Like, you're really either going to do this or not. Mm-hmm. And in New York, I found it very difficult to build and start a career. And I was, I was slowly but surely getting that. I had done it enough, but I was like, I'd gone through a, like a really good personal growth period at that point. You know, that's when I was really into the Reiki and the yoga and, and taking care of myself and learning what I could and couldn't do. And 
the expectation was just simple. I was like, it's just time to go do it. You'll figure it out when you get there. Okay. And you'll get off the plane. My sister was living out here with her, her then boyfriend, now husband. And they had just moved here after he graduated film school. And they were starting things. I was just like, it's kind of like, you know, if my baby sister can move here, I can move here. You'll figure it out. I get that. Okay. I kind of figured, like, people adapt the way water fills a glass. Right? That's a real Zen idea. But when you pour water from a bottle into a glass, it takes the shape of the glass. It doesn't stay in the shape of the bottle. So when I was moving, I was like, you'll just figure it out. If you want to be a performer in L.A., go be it first. Like, there's no, there's no prep work. There's nothing you do before. You just go do the thing. And so I landed, and legitimately the very next night, I started open mics out here. And the next week, I had already landed a, an audition for something that was just some stupid, you know, student film. And like, I just was like, you'll figure it out. Oh, that's awesome. How long have you been here? I celebrated five years in November. Nice. November 14th is my LA anniversary. Anniversary. Okay. It figures there would be a name for that. And we, uh, like, for perspective, we wrapped. We were completely wrapped on season one of historical roasts by my five-year anniversary. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, that's also right around our four-year anniversary of the live show that started it. So, about a year after, basically a year after I got here was our very first historical roast. And by the four-year anniversary of the show and five years of me being here, we'd wrapped on season one. So you did it. You were like, yeah, I did yeah. it. Now what's next? <laughs> you, sound, you sound like my reps. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm very excited. We're, we're, we're still waiting to hear about season two. Okay. Um, everybody's feeling positive about that concept in the same vein that uh, Emmy voting started recently, and we are, we were submitted for some awards, which would be very exciting for everyone who worked on the show. Yes, I know Avery was posting stuff about that. I mean, Avery Pearson did such an amazing job with with the the soundtrack and the original music. I think that would be one of the the awards that I would look at and say, there's no better original song on television than the one that Avery Pearson wrote for Freddie Mercury to sing at the end when James Adomian sings that song at uh -huh. the end of the episode. Like, you can't tell me there's a better original song than that. It's funny, it's heartwarming, it's deep, it, it confronts a real issue. Musically, it's gorgeous, it's performed live in front of the studio audience. And that's one I definitely look at and say we, we stand a real chance in that category. And if we don't, I don't really understand what you're looking for right in that sense because that's that's beautiful work but that happens sometimes too where you're like really yeah i was driving my mom <laughs> yesterday and her word she, her phrase for stuff was what the shit she I kept going that. what the shit and i'm like mom it's not it's what the fuck and she's like i like what the shit <laughs> and i was laughing so hard so that's my new thing is when you don't understand anything what the shit what the shit it's amazing. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to end up using that, but I'm going to use that. <laughs> I like that. I like what the shit. I do, too. I'm like, all right, that works. If we don't walk out with something. If, 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 if Avery doesn't get recognized for that, I'll be like, yeah, what the shit? What I is would, this? Yeah, I will, too. I'll be like, what the shit? I'll even put it on social media. I'd also, I'd love to take the show on the road. I'd love to do historical roast around the country and around 
around the world. I think this is something that'd be a lot of fun to take a, to new cities and show off. That would be fun too if you were able to like do the history of that city or that state. Yeah. Or pick ones that are very specifically related. To, uh -huh. You know, if you go to Boston or Philly, then founding fathers are very much an important part of their the the history of those cities. If you're in Texas, there's the Alamo. Really, yeah, exactly. You you could literally just do historical roast to the Alamo and tell the story of that with all the characters who are involved. Yep, and then at the end have Ozzy Osbourne come out and just pee on it. Yep. Oh, I love that. <laughs> if we if we went to Chicago, maybe we'd do something around Al Capone in the twenties and Prohibition. Yeah, stuff like that would be fun. That would be fun. Have you ever did you see the I don't even know if it's still there. The Mob Museum in Vegas. I have not been. Everyone tells me that that's a really fun one to go it to. Is, it is very overwhelming because it's like three stories oh, wow. of just so much stuff. It's really cool, though. And it's in an old courthouse. Oh, that's even cooler. It's really cool. We went there, and I was like, oh, my gosh. There was just so much stuff. And then... This is it, I think it's the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. Somebody took that wall and they rebuilt the wall at that museum so you see all the oh. marks in it. It's and then they have the autopsy report of where every bullet hit the victim. That oh. sounds excessive but awesome. It's very excessive. It's very like holy shit. That's like uh I don't know if you know this one but uh, Julius Caesar was stabbed like something like 60 times or just an insane amount of stab wounds when Caesar was killed but legitimately only one stab wound was fatal and it was the second stab wound damn but like something like yeah an insane just a large amount of stab wounds and only one of them was actually fatal that's somebody who like did their kettlebells or something they just had no, that's an idiot who got lucky. That, that's what that's that's not like somebody <laughs> genuinely didn't know what they were doing. That's true. Have you been to the Death Museum here? No, I just read an article on it the other day. It looked awesome. We went there, I think, last year. That is some creepiness right there. It's really awesome, but it's that's another one that's very overwhelming. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. And I was okay with everything except they have one room that is like baby deaths and John was like you're not going to want to go in this room and I'm like okay I'm going to take your word for it <laughs> like I'll be good uh. but it's really cool like they start you can start like it's a self-guided tour so you can go in whatever room but if you take the like the way you're supposed to the very first room is a serial killer room oh that creeps me out so it has letter like the walls are covered in letters that like John Wayne they have John Wayne Gacy's um clown shoes oh. and his handcuffs oh. which is ugh. and he used to make cards like happy birthday cards and stuff but they for were who? for I don't know he would send them from jail oh Jesus and it's creepy because they were so intricate like one of them was a pop-up of a shark and it's just you're like okay he and made a pop-up card. Uh-huh. Oh, like, and it's very well done. It's like, <laughs> I mean. Well, I mean, he's got nothing but time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just recently did, we roasted Ted Bundy. Uh-huh. And so John Wayne Gacy was on it, and Jeffrey Dahmer, and Jack the Ripper, and Charles Manson. And that was one of the 
that was one of the tougher roasts for me in terms of preparing and reading and, and watching documentaries mm. about those guys. Like because I get the I get the idea that people like serial killer and true crime culture. Mm-hmm. And I do understand the level of investigating that deep, dark part of the human psyche. Mm-hmm. But it is not something that I indulge in. On a, or, or, like, law and order is as deep as I want to go on true crime stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm not watching ID Discovery. I don't... Uh, I only knew of Ted Bundy and all of those serial killers beforehand. And it right. wasn't until a studying that I... Like, watching that four-part Netflix documentary mm-hmm. on Ted Bundy was one of the creepiest things I've ever had. To, it legit made me nauseous a few times. It was gross. When he kept escaping, I'm like, what the, f- why? Why are you letting him do that? You know the part that really, really bugged me out was that night where he was, he's, so he's in Florida. Uh-huh. And he goes to the one sorority house and he kills one or two people and bludgeons the other mm-hmm. two or three people. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves and they're like, he went six blocks and went in somebody else's house and tried to kill them. And I was like, that dude, like, that dude was like, I still, you know, I think I got another one in me. Like, uh-huh. he left the scene of the crime. He got, and he only got six blocks before he was like, I think I need more. I got to do more. Just, that was one of those moments where I was like, both, this is the grossest thing I've ever heard, but this definitely makes him the Michael Jordan of serial killers. Right. <laughs> well, the one that always freaks me out is the um, uh, Golden Gate killer golden gate bridge or whatever the golden gate killer golden state killer yeah whatever what is the, what is that one I'm not that's familiar. the one Patton oswald's um oh, deceased yeah, wife, wife kind of broke open yeah but okay so dude was insane like he would break into people's houses and leave rope and shit under the couch for later jesus so then he would go and he would like tie up the husband and put, no, 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 he'd tie up the wives, and then he'd put, like, china, like, the dishes on top of the husband's back. And he'd be like, if you break these dishes, I will kill your wife, and I will kill you. And then he'd proceed to rape the wife, right? Jesus. Psycho, right? But then he would run away, and he'd jump fences, and blah, 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 blah. And then years later, he would call his victims and be like, hey, remember that night we played? God. But that's not the okay. That's not the part that creeps me out the worst. The part that creeps me out the most is he started to get old, and so he couldn't jump fences, and he almost got caught a couple times. He straight up was like, "Okay, I'm done," and quit, and then had a normal old man life. So he retired. He yeah. So it's not even like he was had this compulsion that I have to kill, I have to kill, I have to kill. Like, he was able to be like, ah, I'm done. And I'm like, oh, that freaked me out. Like, that wasn't even, like, in his brain where he just had to keep doing it. He was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, eh. I wonder, Yeah, I don't know. That shit came out in other ways, I imagine. Like, I don't envision him legit being, like, you know, uh, James Garner from The Notebook sitting down <laughs> with some sort of normalcy. Like, that came out. He did something else weird. Well, you his, know what I mean? His daughter was like, he was the best dad. And, you know, they found him, like, through that, like, DNA testing. She, no like, way. The 23andMe stuff. Because they found DNA on some of his crime scenes. And, and they linked it. the 23andMe test? No, it was, like, his niece, daughter. One of the kids. Or one of the kids. And they first, they thought it was his brother. 
So they went and like got a swab of his brother and it wasn't. And then he was drinking out of a straw at a fast food restaurant, threw the cup away. They went and took the straw and sure enough, it matched. See, that's why you shouldn't do 23 and I completely agree. <laughs> that's why straws are illegal now. That, <laughs> that is it. We can't catch people with straws anymore. <laughs> yeah, but true crime is huge. Like, if this podcast doesn't start doing well, we're just going to start massaging and talking about death. Now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be the highest rated episode for the wrong reason. Exactly. <laughs> true crime massage cast. Boom. Yeah, and then they're going to be like, what is all of this talk about white men can't jump? <laughs> we don't understand 15 this. 15 seconds forward. 15 seconds forward. Why is there so much basket? Is there a basketball serial killer we don't know about? Uh, yeah, his name was Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Michael Jordan. That's right. John told me about that. I was like, what or, the I shit? Or Kobe Bryant, but that's a that's such a double entendre. Yeah, but the Michael Jordan thing—that's that's a lot. Which part? Well, he got his dad killed, right, because of his gambling debts. I, I will. I mean, first off, I would always say allegedly. Okay. Because right? I'm, I'm half Jewish enough to not want to get sued, but. Okay. I've heard that story a lot, and I will say that. I, I can't either. I can't either discount it or back it up. You know, because the, the entirety of that conspiracy theory also has has to do with Michael Jordan. Remember when he retired and he went and played baseball? Uh-huh. They say that that was tied to the gambling also and that one of the conspiracy theories is that David Stern, the commissioner of the NBA, asked him to walk away from the game or, or there was some agreement that he would leave because of all that trouble tied in with his father getting killed. And I don't know if I, I, don't know if I can fully believe it or disbelieve it. Okay, well, we can always call Sam Tripoli and mm -hmm. have him weigh in on this. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to make it a murder conspiracy podcast. Oh, <laughs> we're number one. We just beat Joe Rogan. <laughs> like, <laughs> all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, Massage Cast is right next to my favorite murder on iTunes. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, could, if you could mix massage with murder, you are taking over two different genres all at once. Well, we, never, we didn't tell you this, but at the end, you we murder, murder you. So, surprise! But I'm sure, like, what a way to go out. At least I'm <laughs> relaxed. <laughs> Plot twist, that's not CBD that I have been rubbing <laughs> into your <It's> body. <laughs> You're going to start feeling numb. <laughs> Some men just can't hold their arsenic. No. <laughs> that's Chicago. I was gonna say, oh, he had a gun. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I guess Jordan's father could have easily, very easily, could have been a mob hit. It could have absolutely been tied to his gambling. I don't think he was asked to walk away from the game because of all of that stuff. I think it was just like more than anything. I think he was going through something. You know what I mean? Like. His father did just die, and Michael Jordan was, by all accounts, exhausted from the... Is that why his eyes are yellow? That's alcohol now. Okay. <laughs> well, a lot of, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of athletes in general, they have to keep their bodies in such incredible shape that once they retire, they, they recognize, like, oh, now's the time. I mean, right, diet and exercise being so crucial to what they do. Right. 
I always say, I, I had a bit where I was just like, you know, nothing, nothing says happiness to me like the slight paunch of Kobe Bryant post-retirement. You know, because <laughs> right. that, that's that paunch of like, you know what, I can have a few extra cookies tonight. Right. Like, I'll have, I'll have an extra sandwich today. I don't care. I don't have to go compete against the world's top athletes tomorrow. That's true. And that's happiness. That's that's literally because we all we all dream of a day where we're like, you know what? I finished everything I had to. Now I get to just hang out. That's real retirement. But didn't Kobe Bryant do something bad too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about it. <laughs> what did yeah. he do? He did uh, something bad. That's one of those alleged ones too. Okay. Uh, what did he allegedly <laughs> do bad? The. the it, he was a raper, huh? Or the the yeah. alleged raper, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, he was the ring guy, right? Did he buy the big ring, or was that? He somebody? bought a ring for his wife after that one. Yep. The See? infamous ring that to, to make up for it. Um, that's another one of those ones where there was there were allegations levied, and he was in court, and the the story the and the evidence did not line up, and the accuser eventually retracted the story, but there is certainly enough information to know that one way or another he made some very poor choices that day and the extent to which they go are ones that I, I certainly can't answer but it's not a uh, doesn't leave, leave a good taste in your mouth there that's what she said too hey ah but um shh oh yeah we're gonna title this episode allegedly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to hear about true crime and basketball crime? I do. I want to hear more about it. I'm like, who else is bad in basketball? I mean, when you talk about basketball crimes, there's a center for the New Jersey Nets, Jason Williams, who shot his limo driver accidentally at a house party one time. He was, like, showing off one of his guns, shot the limo driver. And I think he went to jail for it. Or he oh might have gosh. gotten, like, a little time. It was a really weird story. Yeah, but, uh, Jason Williams, the center for the New Jersey Nets. It's very weird. Didn't a football player shoot himself in the foot and he had to go to jail? Yeah, it was a New York Giant. Uh, one of the New York Giants. I forget his name. I'm not much of a football guy. But Ray Lewis straight up murdered somebody and got away with that one. Or allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, damn. It's all these sports. They're like, it's too much pressure. i got to take someone out. Bye. I, in that vein, if we were to really analyze it, because I've worked with a lot of athletes in a, in a variety of areas you know even uh i don't know if you know that i, I referee for pro wrestling no i'm a Do referee you? for pro wrestling oh my goodness something about athletes that's very intriguing is that by the by nature of what they do they they don't always grow up in the same way meaning like and i'm hesitant because i'm not calling anyone a child straight out but there's an arrested development with athletes because they they don't change what they're doing from childhood to adulthood. It's the same activity. So if you're, for instance, if you're a basketball player who plays in the NBA, you started your routine in middle school. Okay. And then in high school and then in college. And then by the time you're 28, you've literally been doing the same thing every day since you were a teenager. The things around you might change, but there's a certain childishness to you or childlike nature to you, you know? so it's like the michael jackson effect somewhat yeah so absolutely you're still doing a childhood activity a game a sport 
as an adult, but again, the routine around it has not changed. If you were to play football your whole life, then what you were doing at 11, you're still doing at 27. It's true, because the rules don't change. Yeah. It's the same fucking game. So, and people are treating you very similarly the whole way through, and you're always going to have a a coach or a mentor figure there, kind of like a parental unit. So sometimes it can lead to not even a lack of maturity, because I've also met some incredibly mature athletes, but you mature at different times in different ways because of that process. It's it's really odd. It's very different. I could see that. That's interesting. I have a guy, he's a sports like therapist. And he deals a lot with like injuries. Yeah. Because, you know, oh, he, yeah. it's, oh, it's yeah. taken away. It's gone. Now what? Yeah. What are you going to do now? What's but yeah, athletes be? are uh, big kids. In some of the best and worst ways, they're big kids because they just, they grow up doing the same thing, right? If we just continued to go to art class up through our 20s, we would we would still be just very big kids. In fact, we're here at the comedy store, a lot of us are big kids. I'm so. s- yeah. Yeah, I just pushed my kid down before I left. Because <laughs> he's like, Mom, where are you going? And then I pushed him on the couch and ran away. And I was like, I'm not coming back. Which would suck if I like accidentally got in a car accident and died tonight. I'd oh, be like, God, oh, yeah. shit, I fucked him up for life. <laughs> Sorry. But at least, at least he could always, he would always know you were honest. That's true. He's like, my mom's not a liar. She, <laughs> she said she, she wasn't. She genuinely said she wasn't coming back. I should have listened. Damn it. And she said goodbye. Yeah. I did. Did I say I love you? I love you. I'll do that now. This will be like the. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the black box from the wreckage. We're just like, this is what was happening. This is what your mom was thinking about before she died. <laughs> Serial killers. Serial killers and oh yeah, basketball. This will be the evidence. <laughs> this is gonna get, get some, uh, admitted into court. Get her straws. <laughs> she just wants a straw. Do her DNA. Don't do a DNA swab in my life. Nope. <laughs> There was always this thing in biology because we would have to swab our cheeks. Oh, yeah. And then, like, put it on the microscope. Because that's what I thought I was going to do when I was going to grow up. I was going to be a physical therapist. So I took, like, all the biology classes you could take. Yeah. And um, there was always the thing, like, the guy swabbed his cheek. And then, you know, there was a bunch of semen on the... (laughs) What? Wait, what are you talking about? Okay, so there was, like... The rumor around was we had to swab our cheeks, and the class before us, some guy swabbed his cheek, and he called the teacher over, and he was like, what are those things swimming around? And I mean, obviously, it's not true, but that was like the big thing. That's awesome. so dumb. That's awesome. Some crazy shit happened in biology. We were (laughs) dissecting a fetal pig. It wasn't my pig. My pig was fine. But I guess the, like one of the big veins broke. And so there was blood all inside their pig. Yeah. So the biology teacher's like, go wash it out. So he goes to wash it out and the water, the tap hit the vocal cords of the pig and the pig started squealing. Oh. And I've never seen a biology class run out as fast <laughs> as that day. We were like, fuck that, that pig's alive. <laughs> I had to dissect a cat in high school and I did not enjoy it. I did dissect a cat, a yeah. Cat. I did a cat in college. 
And the teacher warned us when you, because I guess the cats come from Mexico, so they're like, um, they're like, when you open the cat, it probably will have worms. Oh. <laughs> My teacher was upset because he had pegged me as the student that would have run down the hallway with the cat's head on a ruler. Oh, God. And I was like, no, Mr. Larson, I want nothing to do with this cat. You will not have that issue with me this semester. <laughs> See, I was fine. But they don't, they shave the cat except for its pawpaws and its tail and so, and its face. So like its pawpaws are still fuzzy yeah. in its face. And I was like, shit, it still looks like a cat. <laughs> yeah, it, but I learned, I mean, one of the greatest lessons I ever learned was in that biology class when the teacher said, and contrary to popular belief, there's only one way to skin a cat and that's to take the skin off. So go ahead. <laughs> But, like, that simplicity of life, just like there is only one way to skin a cat. Take the skin off. That's it. You have nothing else to do. Just take the skin off. See, and that statement only makes sense in biology, though. You can only say that statement and be like, oh, like, if you met a guy and he's like, there's only one way to skin a cat, you're like, eh, fucking weird. Yeah. If, if Mr. Larson had said it to me outside of that context, I'd have been like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what the shit? What the shit? What Why the are shit? you talking about skinning cats? That's so weird. Well, I mean... I, I think a comedian did it where he like went through all of the old sayings and they're really fucked up. Yeah. You're like, what, what made you say that? Yeah. So, you. Especially when it comes to problem solving to be like, well, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I'm like, why would you make that the issue? Yeah, why are we, yeah. Why would you go to skinning an animal? Why can't we, how about there's many solutions to the problem? What's wrong with just saying that? Look around. Look outside the box. Yeah. No, no, we're going to skin a cat. Also, why a cat? Like, there's so many other things that, are, I mean, that look. they skin that they're like, oh, we'll make that into a coat. Yeah, but fuck cats. Because they're portable. Yeah, fuck cats. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, cats are portable. It's not like, you know, there's one way to skin a donkey. Like, the donkeys are cute. <laughs> donkeys are cute. They really are. I've been trying to convince John we need a mini donkey. And a mini cow. You know what? You know what? Mini donkeys grow up to be regular size fucking donkeys. No, no, no. They have pygmy donkeys. That's not cool. It is. They're so cute. Eh, something doesn't sound right about that. I, I, I would want a miniature everything. Kind of like teacup pigs. You know, there's no such thing. It's just a, a little pig that grows up to be a really big pig. No, there really is teacup pigs. They're yeah, but pygmy that's not pigs. Normal. Like it's not a good thing. They have pygmy hippos too, which I'm not allowed to have one of those either. <laughs> you Whatever. say it like anyone should. <laughs> I can't believe I'm the one person without the pygmy hippo. I'd, I'm like, you're so mean to me. And he's like, no, I'm really not. Yeah, that's not. That's just normal. Like, that's a reasonable. He's like, I watch the kids while you go do comedy till 2 in the morning. And now but... you want a fucking hippo? Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's a pygmy hippo. They're tiny. <laughs> oh, my God. They're so cute, though. And I want a giraffe, too. No, I kind of want to see a pygmy hippo. <laughs> oh, and they have these cows. They're super small and they're fuzzy. Oh, my God. Those are called sheep? No. <laughs> I want a sheep, too. I want a petting zoo of just miniature animals. <laughs> I also want my kid to stay miniature, so I told him he's going to have to start smoking cigarettes so he can stunt his growth. Oh, that's what Gary uh, Coleman's family said. 
Is it really? <laughs> no, but that was funny. Fuck, I'm not original. I was like, damn it, I'm not original? God damn it. <laughs> no, that's essentially what happened to Judy Garland, though, right? Yeah. Her, she was chemically altered to try to stay small and young. Mm-hmm. Opposite happened. She grew really old really fast and super depressed. Yeah. So what are you learning about me through my back? You carry a lot of tension in the bottom of your traps. Yeah. Yeah. What does that usually signal? It's just, well, see, I do it Anxiety. from a more, like... Are you like, telling me I'm Jewish? Is that what you're saying to me? No, I'm... See, mine is more, like, plausible, I guess. I don't go all hoodoo-voodoo on you. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're in front of a computer probably a lot. You slouch a little bit more than you should. You probably drive more than you should. It's funny. I don't have a car. <laughs> okay. Or you're... Okay. No, I don't own a car. Well, fuck, then I just quit. I quit. I'm just going to go kill someone right now. <laughs> An open the micer. Episode. <laughs> I told you yeah. I'm in a... I, okay. I, I'm including Annie Letterman's. In oh, that. shit. No, 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 no. Annie Letterman's was the darkest. No. There's uh, one. The one the that... the most serious. This is dark. The one we've never released is oh, the darkest episode. So, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. We we have an unreleased episode that's only gonna come out if when I die tonight yeah. on the way home. <laughs> Damn it! When Joy murders someone. And you know what sucks is my have a full tank of gas. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be the worst. It really would be the worst. Like if you got in a car accident, and you're like, I just fucking filled up. Damn I, it! That happened to me one I time. I bought gas in West Hollywood. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> The only, the only major car accident I got into was right after we got gas. And that was a thought in my head. I'm like, but damn it, I just filled the tank. Right? <laughs> How, what kind of car accident? Was it a fender bender? Um, the car got repaired, so it wasn't totaled. But okay. what happened, it was, it was bad, but not terrible. Everybody was fine. It was myself and my best friend, Kevin, in the car. We were on our way from... Uh, UConn, uh, University of Connecticut, up in Stores, Connecticut, back down to Stanford. I picked him up. It was rainy, and we hit a patch on I-95 that legitimately, like two or three weeks later, an oil tanker or something, like, exploded and burned the entire highway down. Like You're all, we were was, first. It was, But it was clearly, like, a bad patch on the highway. Like, we weren't the only issue in that month. But we just... We skidded out, we hit the median, we crossed over, we got hit by one or two more cars, and then Ooh. stopped in the middle of the highway, and that was it. Damn. Uh, very fortunately, we were fine. The car was pretty bad. So no hospital visits or anything? No, not for that. Damn. I flipped a car. Ooh. Yeah, it was my best friend's car. It wasn't even my car, which is kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, we were driving to Fresno. And she was like, I'm tired, I, wanna, I don't want to drive. And I was like, I'll drive. And then I flipped her car. I took out power in a small city for two hours. That's, a, that's an achievement. It was fantastic. And that one, they thought I broke my neck. So I had to be strapped to that damn wooden plank. And I was like, please let me go. I love that, essentially, you can trace our conversation from white men can't jump to this car accident. <laughs> right? <laughs> And we're not done. Oh. I still have another leg. <laughs> I told so you it's pretty organic. This is the leg. I did have this. I had surgery on this knee. This knee has basically no meniscus left. 
because it tore entirely. Okay. It was pretty bad surgery, too. The, I, I'll say this. I won't name his name, but the surgeon who operated on my left knee, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Worst surgeon in Connecticut. Don't go see him. Not going to name his name again, but fuck him. It, oh, he just, it was like... But we could just say allegedly, and then it would be fine. I, I genuinely don't even remember his name. <laughs> I, like, I wish I could call him out, but I don't remember who he was. Pro I want to say Silverman. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds right. But yeah, he, he did a like one of the most simple surgeries, too. He just did a shitty job on it. Oh, that sucks. I had surgery on my knee when I was 23. And when I woke up... Well, first of all, I woke up to dream that my boyfriend at the time was cheating on me. Ooh. So I woke up and the nurse is like, hi, Joy. You know, you just came out of anesthesia. I'm all, where the fuck is he? <laughs> I'm all, what the shit? Where is he? And, they, and um, he, they gave me pictures of what they did because they had to clear out a bunch of scar tissue and stuff. And it was on my left knee and the pictures said right knee. And I was all, <laughs> did you guys do what? And the doctor's like, oh, and he like ripped him out of my hands and he like sharpied out right and put left. I love how that made it better. I love how that to him fixed the issue. Like, no, 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 you still haven't answered my question, doc. I'm all, uh, really? So but right it was there, in Texas. You can probably feel this is where my, my left hamstring is essentially gone. Okay. On the outside. Yeah, this you can see, like, you can huge even defect. see the difference from that, yeah. Oh, we could do it like a camera zoom in. Show, <laughs> and here are Eddie's bad hamstrings. I am disappointed that you have underwear on. Let's just I be thought, honest. I mean, how much time do we have left? We should finish. We, should, we, we can finish strong. <laughs> Emily's like, I've already been giving her the minute signals. Oh, I got the light. You got the light. She got the light. She got. We did this. Uh, we do this show live sometimes with the chair. And I was trying to let her know that we needed to wrap up. So I lit her, but we were both on stage. And she went, did you just light me, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> You're standing next to me. And I was like, I know, but I thought it would be rude. You're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could have just kicked me and been like, pop, pop. <laughs> Ooh, those glutes. <gasps> oh, I wish I would have went here first. What do you feel? That is tight. Yeah. Ooh. Do you have any sciatic problems? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, why did you leave your chonies on? This is me going into, Let's like... Let's fit... Oh, no. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I'm dead serious. Joy, let's do this. No, let's I'm do just this. Ready? Ready? But you got to pull them on the bottom. All right. You got to pull them on the bottom. All right, I'm me. pulling them. There. Show the camera. All right, no hold bullshit. on. Ta-da. Here, Emily. Well, here's why I did, because when I walked over here, I realized the camera was still on me. Like, like this whole, you guys were in the other room. I was like, yeah, the room with the cameras. Like, okay, there's I was a video screen that over there. I know, I walked in like, There's no privacy in the camera. I would have walked over, and I would have been right on camera, naked. You could have wiggled it at it. <laughs> Brett just minimized the screen. <laughs> no, 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 that was actual size, but thank you. Also, not the first time Brett would have seen me naked, so. But I love it. <laughs> no, so I was just looking around the office, like, just don't look at the computer screen. It's okay. <laughs> Brett's like, let's see this. <laughs> and then, of course, above the, in the office, it says, sit on my dick. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Part. I was all, ah. Oh. 
It's the perfect place for I, I'm like, I belong here. <laughs> Damn. We were talking about how the, the list of people who have been naked in the comedy store is <laughs> both both like exclusive and non-exclusive, right? Like there's probably people on that list where you'd be like, oh, I'm in good company. And then some people are like, oh shit, this is terrible. Look uh -huh. what I'm compared to. I have changed inside of the, oh, I don't know if I can but say full that. Nudity? Yeah. Wait, changed inside of what? Just say it. I don't know if I can say that. I don't want, I changed inside of the freezer in the kitchen once. <laughs> but full Before nudity. Was the freezer? Y yeah. <laughs> I mean the refrigerator, not the freezer. Oh, I was gonna say, like, oh, the fridge. Well, it's just my shirt. I mean, I've changed here before, but that's not full nudity either. Yeah, but I was also somebody could have been like, I need a lime for my drink. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they don't freeze <laughs> limes. And my no, it was in the it was the fridge. Okay. And they would have been like, well, there's Joyce melons, and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do want to go back to when you called me a tight ass, though. You are a tight ass. Yeah. I don't know if that's or, like... Or, or you said my ass was tight. One of the two. Your ass is tight, and it has nothing to do with you being Jewish at all. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... Do you, do you appreciate that I uh, basically am head-to-toe fully shaven at this point, too? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, I have a you guy... You that, right? I did, and yeah. I appreciate it. That's uh, Eastern European blood in me. You had to get rid of it. <laughs> the first time I, sh I almost said shave Josh Adam Myers. <laughs> Never shave Josh Adam Myers, but it probably will happen. Um, Joy. <laughs> Joy. He's made me dye somebody's Joy. beard once. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I didn't. <laughs> but um, All the things you do at the county. <laughs> I dyed an old man's beard once here. No way. I did in the green room. Who was it? Some audience Just member that wanted to win something. Oh, wow. And Josh comes in, and he's all, Joy, I need you to dye this guy's hair. And I was all, uh, 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 okay. <laughs> I, uh, I want to dye my beard, but I want to go the other way. I want to get more gray in Ooh, my beard. Oh, distinguished. That's like, a thing now. Like, I have a bunch now. in it now, and every time I see the gray, I'm like, that's the best part of it. Uh, yeah. I have a, um, you know what? There's a lot of, like, the silver foxes in right now. Because when I do author signings, like, everybody there has a book with, like, an older guy. Yeah. And there's this older model who... I'm not obsessed with it? him. He's just some guy. Because it's indie books, so, you know, our models aren't like Fabio or anything. But, um, yeah, he came in to an author signing once kind of as a... Like, a, I don't know, he wanted to show one of the photographers who he was, so he walked in, and I was like, hi. <laughs> and he was gray. And I was like, I need to write a book about a silver fox now. Damn it. <laughs> oh, oh, he did steampunk, too. But I love my husband, and he's the most handsomest because he listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and he critiques it, so he's the best. Well, now... Uh, what, what's his name? John. John, I didn't really take my underwear off. That was a gimmick underwear. <laughs> I had two pair. It was a bit we were doing. I'm oh, see, he doesn't naked. care about that. Oh. Because I rub naked people all day long. He's well, fine. Then I don't know what to tell you, John. It makes me sad because he does not get jealous. He's like, Joy, he'll tell people Joy's the most loyal person in the world. I don't even worry about her. 
And I'm like, dude, you could walk in and there'd be a dick in my mouth. And he's like, oh, book research? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, um, no, Joy's loyal. <laughs> Joy's loyal. <laughs> like, Noted. Like, this, I, what a turn from where we were in this conversation. <laughs> and then he puts money by my vagina. But a thousand percent, I will tell you, I don't know. And I'm scared to even open this bottle, of, this can of worms. But. <laughs> Don't know how I would have felt being completely naked talking about Ted Bundy. <laughs> so I'm glad we got the serial killer talk out of the way. Okay, well, no. I don't we'll know. Keep we'll keep that in mind for now. It's good show notes. Yeah. To, like, let them get naked after. Or just avoid. Uh-uh, yeah, now avoid we need to talk the... about I'm like, what is the most fucked up thing we can end on right now? <laughs> well, you were talking about the room with baby death, so. Oh, that's true. We did do a baby death. Oh. I feel like it'd be fair to, to bear my soul in the moment. Do it. Bear right? it. There's, cause there's... We have bare ass and bare soul. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like, uh, there's two things in my life. One, one I, I deal with on stage. One I've yet to really write and dive into. But I do uh, talk about these on podcasts sometimes. The, the two most like significant moments or craziest things. One is... I had essentially a, a three or four year affair with a married woman. Oh, you are not loyal like Joy. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I was loyal oh, to her. Oh, she is not. I she was so means, loyal to her. She means her, not you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was married. I was single except for her. But it actually wound up that I was so convinced we would wind up together that I had actually bought, I bought an engagement ring. For her. Did you match it off the one that she had already? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I say, what I say on stage is, I bought one thinking that I could just take one, like like switch them, kind of like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, right? Like, take one off and put one on without anyone noticing. Uh, but I legit, legit bought the ring, and that was the last, the last thing I did before moving to LA was I had to sell it back to the jeweler. Damn. <laughs> like I had to go back and be like, well, I uh, never used this, and they like, <laughs> they didn't say shit. They were like, here's your full refund. Have a great Aww. day. Like, they were very, it was family friends. I knew. What would have been were. fantastic though is if you would have took her one ring as the size to go buy the other ring. Yeah. Like, hey, let me borrow this real quick. I'm kind of, in a weird way, I'm sad I don't still have the ring just for me. Like a weird artifact of my own life. Right. You know? That would have been, uh... So she she ended up getting divorced while I was living out here. Uh-oh. And I found out recently she's a, she's getting remarried. To you? No, not at all. Like, <laughs> ne I never saw... I, we, we ended things weirdly, but I just... I genuinely was like... We'll get back together at some point, and then just never heard from her again, and now she's getting remarried. Ouch. Weird, yeah. Okay, what's the last one? Tell me. I... Let's end it on a when, bad note. Uh, so, like most of us, I cope with, with depression and anxiety and mental, mental health issues, and I was like 23 or 24, I, I wound up in, uh, in a psych ward for a weekend to, to cope with my depression. I had not dealt with it very well if like so coming out of it all of that yoga and the reiki and, mm -hmm. and, and exercise and massage therapy even was all in helping deal with those issues what did, did you just make us did I, you say something no i just did a rock and roll sign to the you said massage oh, nice. therapy she's like yeah. 10%? <laughs> yeah oh for real absolutely helps helps mental health uh, and coping with issues and 
but I had to get submitted for a uh, to the psych ward for a weekend. But by choice, like I went in knowing I like I needed help. But do you have any like crazy good stories like from because it? yeah hundred percent. Oh my god, that's fantastic! Because there is a miker that I adore, and she just got out of a fourteen day stay at a psyche like she she went and they put her in rehab because they didn't know what to do with her depression so they stuck her in rehab and then she went into like a psychiatric ward and she tells stories about it on stage and it is fantastic because it's all her yeah how how long were you in just the weekend um so the way it worked for me was i was admitted to the emergency room friday night I had, I had not hurt myself, but I was just like, I need help. I need, like, I need help now. Like, mm-hmm. So I was admitted to the ER Friday night. Saturday night, they found me placement in a facility. And true, true story, by Sunday morning, I knew I did not need to be there. But I was released on Tuesday. Okay. Because Sunday morning, I went to the group therapy session in the morning. And they make you just go around the room like, what are you, what are you feeling? Where are you at? What's, what's going on? And I was sitting there, and I hadn't really opened up yet. It wasn't my turn. But the guy next to me was like, well, I'm, I'm doing good. I, everything's good by me. I feel great. It's, uh, you know, it's Wayne. Wayne's got the issue. It's Wayne's problem. If it wasn't for Wayne, I, w- I wouldn't be here. And it was in that moment that I realized, oh, my God. Wayne is his alternate personality. Oh, shit. He's talking about himself. When he's talking about Wayne has the problem, that's him. That's Wayne. Oh, shit. The hair on the back of my neck stood up, and instantly I wanted to stand up and be like, oh, no, no, guys, I'm good. I'm just a a, a 20-year-old who has some issues. Like, girlfriend broke up with me. I just don't cope well. Uh, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not with with this guy and Wayne. You get up and be all, just kidding. Basically, in my head, I was like, that's what it was. It was like, oh, just kidding. I have perspective. I'm good. Can I get out of here? <laughs> but then in the classic, what would you do scenario, I'm in the, like, the head the head doctor's office on Tuesday. And I have to explain to him why I'm not crazy. Oh, shit. Like, you know how they say, like, if you woke up in a psych ward and had to explain that you're not crazy, could you do it? Nope. It is insanely difficult, even (laughs) with presence of mind, when somebody goes... Because when you're admitted to the psych ward, you... You fill out the the thing. You can't... You have to check boxes. Uh Uh-huh. There's no box that says life is complicated, so the box that they check is suicidal... Even if you're not suicidal, like I didn't hurt myself and I wasn't going to, but I recognized I needed help. So the question on Tuesday was, how come you were suicidal on Friday, but not today? Mm. Like, how the hell do I answer this one, Doc? (laughs) Because there's no knives around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because you made me watch Planet Earth all weekend. (laughs) I'm fixed. Yeah. And so I, like, I basically said to him that like, he, there was only one box I could check. I wasn't suicidal. I didn't want to die. I just was having trouble living. And I feel like I've gotten good perspective. I want to go to therapy. They put me on meds. And that was sort of the, the beginning of my true journey to coping with my, my mental health in a much more positive and healthy way than I was. I like that. In my late teens and early 20s, if you can imagine. And now white men can jump. Yeah. 
And then after that, I dated a married woman, so it's all up for debate. There you go. <laughs> and then I, then I moved. Then I moved to L.A. and got naked in the basement of the comedy store, so it's really up for debate. Ta-da! And you were on a short list of. People who've been completely naked. Yeah. I don't think it's that short. I think on it's. I think it's. On the table. Oh, on the table. Oh, on the, oh, table. On the table. It's oh, only yeah. been. Oh yeah, with on the table. Jimmy Schubert. Okay. He was the, he was the original. <laughs> he was the original OG, and then. Maz Jabrani. Maz Jabrani. Beautiful, love him. Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer. Amazing, of course. And you, I think. Yeah. That's good company. That is good company. Yeah, your dick is touching. Where famous dick has been, so it's been good. <laughs> good dick. Uh, that was, that was I was like, Joy, you need to stop talking that immediately. That's the way to call me not famous. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that was the most. Like, you I should guess. see my face right now. As soon as I was like, that's not what I meant. That's not what <laughs> my, I meant. I meant where, your dick, dick is, is in good more, company. Like, like when I get on stage upstairs, like I know more famous people have stood in that spot, but they don't introduce me like now standing where more famous people have stood, Eddie Firth. Okay, um, oh, great. we're just gonna take that part out. No, really. No, leave that in. It's brilliant. I love that. Like, I didn't mean it that way. I love how we My all penis isn't breathing. even famous. I know. We're just like, okay, good night. Joy, stop talking. Joy, stop talking. Yeah. Which happens a lot. Okay, here are your chonies. <laughs> and we're gonna turn off the, the vi cameras. Well, mostly for Brett's sake. Yes, yes, yes. And um, don't worry, Brett, this penis isn't as famous as other penises. <laughs> Shit. Zooming optically now. <laughs> Wait, you're zooming in yeah, or out? All right, guys, that was Eddie Firth on Happy Endings with Joy Eileen. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a fun episode. I'm super pumped about this episode. Um, uh, if you guys can, like, click, subscribe. Uh, email me at joyshappyendings at gmail.com. And have a great week.